Welcome to the Light Switch Podcast by Luminate Student Ministry, a place for the skeptic, the Bible believer, as well as everyone in between. As you know, our world is often in the dark. Our hope is to flip the switch on topics surrounding biblical engagement, apologetic arguments, spiritual formation, and emotional wellness. We want Jesus Christ to illuminate every aspect of your life so that you can shine the light of Christ in every situation. Hey everybody, this is Matthew. This is Dan. Hey guys, this is Aaron. And we are doing our first emotional wellness podcast. Wow. Wow. This will be a study on the movie Inside Out. Yes. I love that movie. I actually do too. I still cry. (laughs) I still cry. Bing bong, man. (laughs) Bing bong. (laughs) So good. Um, No spoilers for those who haven't seen it. (laughs) If you haven't seen it. I don't know it what happened wild. to your childhood. You should be on here talking about your emotional emotional. Childhood only came journey. out like a couple years ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it definitely came out when I was a kid. Um, probably in high, mainly in college. The, mainly in college. The movie Inside Out no yeah. did not come out when you were in college. Yeah, I'm sure it did, <laughs> bro. I'm, I'm about to look bro, this bro, up. Bro, I was. I, I'm sorry, Matthew. <laughs> I know. I know you just turned. What did you just turn? Are you in the 30s? Yet? Oh, they're coming out with an Inside Inside Out too. Okay, but wait, aren't you in the 30s? Inside out. 2015. Thank you. I, I just had you just started graduated. your residency. I started my residency here. <laughs> that goes to, goes to tell you. I was in college. I was super old. Yep. So I was in college. All right. I was wrong. Um, it's on tape, man. It's on tape, right there. <laughs> hey, if I'm gonna be wrong about anything, all right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this is our uh, emotional wellness podcast, mm-hmm. and we want to just really quickly tell you what we're doing. So this is our first. Uh, emotional wellness podcast and what we're trying to do with these podcasts is um, as you probably heard in our introduction uh, our hope is to flip the switch on topics of biblical engagement apologetic arguments uh, spiritual formation and emotional wellness we are let's just say this right off the right off the bat Unless Daniel or you, Aaron, have a PhD or a doctorate someplace that I don't know about, (laughs) we are not experts in psychology or counseling. (laughs) Uh, The only person who has any kind of training is actually you, Aaron, because you had (laughs) you got your undergrad in biblical counseling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that's it. But still. Yeah. Not. We're not licensed. Anywhere near an expert. We are not. So well, take. I have a Facebook account. So. Oh, I've you're right. To- <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, Studies, <laughs> articles. So many. You just got to read the comment section and yeah. you got so many case you studies do, for you. But that's the good thing is like, yes, like all of us have some degree of like knowledge of emotions mm-hmm. and counseling, yeah. you know, human reasoning, all that stuff. But, you know we all have experience with emotions because we're all human and we have Mm -hmm. human experiences. And today we're just talking about emotions as a human experience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so the three of us are just sitting here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let me give you a lay of the land uh, for what to expect in this episode. Aaron and Daniel and I are going to be talking about uh, our interactions with Mm -hmm. emotions and what that's looked like over the course of our lives. Um, And then we're going to be talking about um, how our bodies react to emotions and that there's actually, this isn't just our minds, this is actually our anatomy is involved in this as well. So this isn't just a brain, like a, a literal brain in your skull kind of a thing. This is a, a literal mm-hmm. nervous system 
thing that's going on in you. So if anybody's out there and you think, man, I don't need to see a counselor, anxiety's in your mind, it's all, it's all a, a, a facade and a crutch and this generation's weak, uh, actually th- there's plenty of research out there to say yeah. that you're actually quite ignorant of the subject <laughs> if you say those kinds of things i mean that in all love and just suck it up man yeah, like yeah <laughs> that is not what yeah. you say right no. um yeah. and so it's actually funny because all those people who suffered so much in like the world war ii generation the forgotten generation and the boomers yeah. and mm-hmm. the xers and all of those man yeah you guys went through a lot of stuff and you should have gone to counseling for it because yeah. yeah you might have been able to do a lot of good a lot of hard work and fight your way through it but man uh there's stuff that we you should have talked about Mm -hmm. um and so then after that we're going to be talking about a couple things in there uh and then we're going to be talking about um uh if i'm right in saying this our challenges uh, emotional emotions and culture yeah oh that thank you yeah our emotions and culture um of of what we're trying to do what's going on in society and and why is there the rise of anxiety and depression and particularly in Gen Z. Why is it that this is this is categorized as the loneliest generation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where we're going. And uh, so we're super excited for you guys to join us. You guys want to mm-hmm. just jump in? Yeah. yeah. Let's right, go. Cool. Let's get a, as some people we know would say, get ready to feel. Get ready to get feel. Get ready to feel. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's let's jump into this. All right, so uh, Daniel, yeah. um, let's kind of let's kind of talk about uh, your emotional journey uh, up to this point. Um, what kind of what kind of childhood did you have? Like, were your parents <laughs> like like Let's open up, Daniel. <laughs> Be vulnerable. Goodness. Yes. Like, uh, mm-hmm. would you say your family was receptive to emotions? Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, I grew up in a pastor's family. Um, so my dad was a lead pastor for a majority of my life. And yeah. then my mom was pretty much the children's pastor of the churches that we were at. She was also just very active in the church. I would consider her pretty much a pastor yeah. on staff for like, especially the first church we were at. Um, and I grew up in a family that, um, yeah, I was a really emotional kid. Um, even from like an early age, um, I don't feel I would say I don't fit the societal norms of what we would say guys experience, especially growing up through like middle school and like early high school. I had a lot of emotional awareness. I knew what I was feeling and I also knew how to communicate what I was feeling. Um, And what was funny was that even the things I wouldn't communicate, I knew what I needed to communicate. Mm -hmm. I was just also feeling fear. So I didn't communicate it because of the fear I was experiencing. And it's, so it's this weird, like, you know, so my experience was I always felt like I could express it to my parents. I always felt like I could express it, especially to my mom and dad. And I even had two parents that, guess what? There was a healthy structure where I went to my mom for some things and I went to my dad for other things. Yeah, um, yeah. I knew that their talents and their abilities to, you know, there were certain things that um, my mom was just better at yeah. talking through, and yeah. then my dad was better at talking through. And dare um, I even say roles? Yeah, right? like, roles. There like were parental you know. roles that you saw that were meaningful. Yeah, it was very meaningful yeah. to me. Um, and uh, so, definitely grew up in a family to a lot of that openness. And I would say, like, <laughs> if any of my family is like listening, there is not a dull moment in the Wetlore household. <laughs> <laughs> we are like, I always say that we're kind of like. Um, 
were just kind of like a mix of uh holy cow like full house but the office and what? like just kind of together <laughs> oh, like so painful like, it's just that's this so like painful. like we we have just this palette of just like so many different dynamics going on yeah. But also um, just this ability to laugh together and also just talk things with one another. That's great. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so there's that experience. Um, so it was an emotionally, I guess for the lack of a better term, it was an emotionally open home. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was definitely at a, an emotionally open home to the point where um, if we hid things from our parents, it would hurt them. Wow. And that's what I want to wow. say is that – me and my sister and even wow. my adopted brother, um, Joshua, nicknamed Cookie. That's a later story. Nice, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, totally. um, but it would hurt them when yeah. we would hide things from them or wow. we would keep them things from them. And wow. I, I often will say this. I never opened up to my parents because of who they were. It was because of fears I had. Wow, yeah. It was perceptions wow. that I put on them. Like yeah. they won't accept me or they yeah. or I would say, man they'll see me differently. Yeah. Um, I had this golden boy mentality growing mm. up because I never really, you know, went down like, you know, like, uh, like pastor's kids, like yeah. wild or like all yeah. that stuff. Like I prided myself on not being that. So yeah. when I was struggling with sins or things that were Ooh. going on, I felt, man, I'm going to break the golden boy mentality. Right. Wow. That was never perceptions my parents put on me. It was things that I would honestly say were fear saying, this is what your parents are going to think. This yeah. is that. So I would say, you know, I, you know, I have just some memories and like, I remember finally confessing things or talking about things with my mom or dad and they're like, why didn't you talk to us about this? Yeah. Like, you know, we would have, you know, Man. so, and this, you know, and I think that there's also been this greater thing of, um, my parents have been open to me challenging them in their ways of like yeah. where they aren't emotionally mature because of the experiences they had growing up. Yeah. Um, I've had conversations with both my mom and dad recently, you know, and talking about, hey, this might be what you're experiencing or this and that. And they were like, wow, like we didn't know that or like that actually makes a lot of sense. But this type of language wasn't around when we were growing up, like yeah. you talked about with that generation. So, you know, obviously there's this dynamic. They didn't handle everything perfectly and always yeah. gave all the right answers but i always think my parents had this genuine care for the emotions yeah. that we were feeling that's great um, uh yeah. even though anytime i say um even though i'm saying man i'm so busy right now my dad's like yeah i uh i came over to this country and nothing but a kit bag and my dad's from england and grew up in like the ghettos of england so like <laughs> immediately starts downplaying your experience like my, my feelings are true too daddy yeah. so you're like you're like yeah you want to know what difficult is <laughs> you want, you want to play rugby without a helmet okay it's so i carried people on my it's, back on a battle so okay true. it's so true i always like anytime i you know yeah, it's just like these funny things like Yeah. No and, and by bad, I don't mean my dad shot down all my emotions, but sure, this is sure, all these funny sides where he's like You going through struggles, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you um, my struggles. <laughs> um But I think yeah, so there's That's this there's this always openness in the yeah. household I grew up in. So yeah. um for a kid that was experiencing a lot of emotions, I never felt yeah. like my parents wouldn't care about my yeah. emotions. And so, you even yeah. saw that, like I'm and I'm sure your your mm. sister that you have and yeah. your adopted brother would yeah. would, would probably have a different perspective mm -hmm. in some way, but yeah. overall they probably have the same perspective mm -hmm. as you that, that it was an emotionally open home. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, those are different stories, right? Those are different yeah. individuals. Those yeah. are you, how your parents parented you 
Yeah. Uh, they might have tried to parent your other your other siblings that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that could have been good. That could have been bad. It, mm-hmm. it's, that, but that's for their yeah. story to tell. But for you, yeah. you certainly felt like it was yeah. an emotionally open space. Yeah. yeah, I actually felt like the emotionally wow. open spaces were like my school. Oh yeah, and like those were the open. No, spaces? no, they weren't. They were not. The open I felt spaces. like it was emotionally aware, but not mm. emotionally open. I'd yeah. say you know because yeah. I think you know there's a lot of conver- there's conversations. Um, but yeah. like, yeah, just I felt like the places where I really felt like I couldn't really express the deepest emotions of my heart, and I don't think I think this is different from a lot of people's experiences from what I've seen my generation. But I actually felt the most open to knowing I could express my emotions when I was at church or mm. in my household. It was outside of that where I felt like, yeah, there wasn't a lot of, there was awareness, but there wasn't a lot of like, we'll actually yeah. sit with you on this. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of problem solving. And yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. But mm. in your home, there was, let's. Yeah. There was always like an active, like a progression of things. Like when we yeah. would go through emotional things, like there was this like aspect of understanding when it's like, oh, right, you need to like. Yeah. Not like suck it up in a sense, but you need to, you know, hey, let's get ourselves together real quick. Let's think about this yeah. concretely. And then there's other, other times where it's just like I can think of, man, I don't know if I should. <laughs> if you don't think you should, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> let's Especially just say members like in the family there were arguing once. <laughs> I won't say which ones. And I remember my, I remember sitting there with my dad and he, and I was like, why aren't you doing anything? And he goes, sometimes Daniel people just need to argue mm. and, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. people just need to release yeah. and like yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's this aspect of like yeah just yeah. like craziness so. yeah, yeah yeah no that's good so it's definitely a, an emotionally open mm-hmm. space yeah. yeah now you also grew up in a christian home you were a pastor's kid uh-huh. um which aaron that actually is I'm, I'm i was thinking about this while you're talking i'm really glad that you're both here because mm-hmm. you both have almost opposite if you yeah. will experiences as far as pastor's home and Aaron yeah. your home was it was different as in that your parents weren't pastors yeah <laughs> right. or Christians yeah so yeah. so what was that like for you yeah I was the only Christian growing up in my household uh, my mom and my dad grew up very strictly Catholic but I don't think anything that was very serious, like they mm-hmm. took the orthodoxy of the Catholic Church any seriously. They just did it because they were taught, they're the generation that just, if you didn't go to church, you would go to hell. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they grew up in big families relatively and very emotion- emotionally unaware or mm-hmm. unreached. Yeah. And it just was not a household where their parents, my grandparents, love them but just didn't really care about sitting down Mm -hmm. or identifying emotions as important yeah Mm -hmm. so my parents um true to kind of the boomer generation i would say are a little bit uh more willing to talk about emotions (laughs) Mm -hmm. but still if any strong emotion rises up and it certainly did in our household uh, they didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> so they'd just be like, okay, that's how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you want a hug? Yeah. <laughs> you know, nice. like, my parents always listened to me. Yeah. Um, but they just didn't know where to go with it. Yeah. And 
I was, as a child, as a teenager, very reactionary. Uh, but I was always very uh, in my emotions most of the time. And most of the time that I felt any strong emotion, it looked like anger. Yeah. So I would overreact. I would uh, react in ways of mm-hmm. anger towards especially my sister, mm-hmm. uh, my mom, people that I'm – I realized very quickly growing up that the people I'm most comfortable with get – the brunt mm-hmm. of the most true emotions mm-hmm. that I feel. Yeah. Um, and it was during this time when I was a teenager that I really started to think about an interest in psychology, an interest in just why do I think this way? Yeah. And why do I act this way? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because I was still trying to work out who I am and then also yeah. what does it mean to be a Christian uh, and express what true Christianity looks like in yeah. a household that doesn't care about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I should I should preface this though like my family and I are very close. Yeah. We've had uh, always a very loving and supportive household. Yep. Um and I think that's some some misconception that people have is that if you're saying that you weren't raised in a Christian household it wasn't a loving or supportive household. Right. And I think that's very false. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I have great really yeah. There are some non Christian <laughs> families that are more loving, caring, and compassionate than a lot of Christian families. It can be, families. yeah, for yeah. sure. Ab- so. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not everybody I'm not close to everybody in my family, yeah. but um, for the most part, we have great, very supportive mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. We're able to reason with each other. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, when I was a teenager, it was really that first time that I started realizing, okay, I'm very reactionary as a person. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And mm-hmm. I started to think about really the title of this podcast even is I wanted to think about my thoughts yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why I do the things that I do yeah. because of my emotions. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, man, that's so good. So, so you would probably, this, I, 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 we could do this. This could in and of itself, just talking about our journeys mm-hmm. could yeah. be a, a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I just love the the dichotomy between the two of you. So would you say then that maybe it's not so much that your uh, what's the word I'm looking for your emo- your your family wasn't an emotionally closed family, no. but they were maybe uh, unaware of where to go yeah. with the emotions, the direction, the direction of, emotions. of emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super good. Um, uh, now both of you are uh, you're not Gen Z. No. You're a very young millennial, right? Yes. Yeah. Very um, young. Very young. You're like you're like <laughs> on the on the crust. Right. I made it out. Yeah. Right. Is it <laughs> like it's like ninety five and you were born in like ninety? I was uh, ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You were literally <laughs> in the cutoff year. Um, Just people. That's all right. I was an eighties baby. I was born in eighty nine. So <laughs> November of eighty nine. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. What's been your journey, Just, Matthew? Yeah. Well, well, what I was gonna say, and I'll jump into mine, is is that I just I just love how um, your guys's mm-hmm. perspectives and journeys are growing up in the two thousands mm-hmm. of yeah. a church culture that also doesn't know what to do with emotions. Oh, and that's the other thing. Sorry, yeah. I don't mean to no, interrupt you, but it. like I'm just thinking about this now is. At least I, and especially you, Matthew, yeah. were not raised much with technology. No, <laughs> like we had computer games yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I oh, got, but I, but but even that, the Xbox came out in two thousand. That sure. was the first game console I owned. I got my first cell phone when I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
man. Yeah, so... Um, and it was a Nokia. Oh, my goodness. Ridiculous, <laughs> right? And that was, I think, my sophomore year of high school. That was the first generation iPhone mm-hmm. that came out. <laughs> I had this little red brick. I don't know if you guys remember this. It doubled as a phone and an MP3 player. Yeah, so we it didn't like, have much social media. It was so good. I, um, yeah, <laughs> Daniel's like, you guys are so... Oh, like, we're all like five years apart. We I, did, I had an MP3 player. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. you were born in 2000. Goodness. Like you literally came out when the first Xbox. You literally were born when the first Xbox came out. Oh yeah, 100%. that's crazy to me. <laughs> so anyway, so the that's just what's nuts mm-hmm. to me is yeah. that you guys are growing up in a space where, and and I I am the maybe the middle portion of that tail end where the church really didn't have a great idea of what to do with. Um, uh, with emotions mm-hmm. uh, and so my mom had this really cool my mom and dad they were great but I grew up in a family of six I was the youngest yeah. um, and so <laughs> it's funny because if you talk to my oldest brothers and sister mm-hmm. uh, and you talk to me and my me and my brother that's just above me um, we have vastly different perspectives sure. um, and so like and one time one point my my parents asked us like hey if there's anything we could have done better what do you think it would have been and my one brother said to them like that's an unfair question that is a, such an my parents asked me that too i know and and it was crazy because my brother was like that's an unfair question because and and my dad actually even repeated this to me when i was struggling with the regrets of one of our one of my close friends had died and i was mm-hmm. doing their funeral and i was like man I, I could have just had more conversations with this person mm-hmm. my dad goes listen if you were to go back in time and fix all of the regrets that you have right now, we'd be sitting here talking about the different, a different set of regrets. So you can't beat yourself up about the regrets you have. Anyway, so my brother said that to my parents, and, and it was a, a super healing moment for them because they have been seen as a, a people who don't have good mm-hmm. emotional openness. And, mm. and for me and my brother, I, I guess I can only speak for myself – my parents were super open emotionally with mm-hmm. me, right? Yeah. I mean, they weren't like, they weren't like, mm, tell me, <laughs> how do you feel? They didn't sit no, down like, yeah. in a comfy yeah. chair. And like, yeah, and like have me lay down mm-hmm. on a couch and take me through a therapy <laughs> session. Like that wasn't what it was. Um, but they were open. They were very open. It was a very open home. And um, and so I, I, I definitely would say that mm-hmm. From that perspective, yeah, uh, I was able to express the the anger I was feeling. Mm-hmm. But I had a very similar situation to to, to you, Daniel. Mm-hmm. I hid a lot from my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this "I was saved at seven mentality. I know my faith. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I thought I had a relationship with Jesus, but I I genuinely don't think I did. Mm. Um, and so it was more about yeah. like just going to youth group, playing games, and reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so from that perspective, uh, oh man, I'm just thinking about high school Matthew and uh, all of the emotions mm-hmm. I'm feeling about that. <laughs> but uh, you're but not yeah, alone so, with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- so that's uh, I mean again, I, like mm-hmm. I said, I had a very open home. My my mom, but my mom had this. Um, uh, she called it the, the train of thought. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> like an inside out. Yes. Full circle. Right. <laughs> um, but my mom made this up in the 70s. Okay. So like uh, 80s. Right. Um, and so she had this thing. She called it the train of thought. And the very first, the, the, the engine was mm-hmm. the word of God. 
and then from the engine went to I can't I'm, my mom's gonna be so mad that I'm butchering this from the engine it went um, the body or no it was the mind and then it was the body and then it was the will and then it was the emotions right so the emotions were the caboose okay uh, and so it had been interpreted for my parents from some of our, in our family that they downplayed the importance of emotions because yeah. they put it at the caboose. Mm-hmm. Mm. And my mom and dad were always like, no, we just don't ever think that it should ever be mm-hmm. driving anything. It yeah. should never be in control. And uh, the authors of Mama Bear Apologetics, they did a podcast where they're like, your emotions are like toddlers. They should be validated, hugged yeah. and loved, but they should never be given the keys to your car. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like they, they need to be they need to be understood and, and talked mm-hmm. about, but they should never be what drives you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some resources uh, actually that we'll talk about if we have time when we get to the end here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to I want to kind of shift gears mm-hmm. here. Uh, having talked about our emotional journeys and the yeah. openness or, or even closeness or even the, the lack of knowledge of where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this idea in our culture uh, that emotions are all in our minds mm-hmm. and yeah. that this is really just a crutch and anxiety is mm-hmm. not real. Um, I think that's debunked the second that you get excited and, or nervous and your heartbeat starts racing. Exactly. So don't, don't tell me that your emotions are not linked to your body. Exactly. <laughs> don't tell me that this is all in your head, right? Yeah. Or um, the moment you uh, see that significant other that you've had a crush on and, yeah. butterflies. Uh, and butterflies, right? You immediately get those butterflies. <laughs> and so like, you cannot tell me that emotions are not intrinsically connected yeah. to who we are as beings, right? Yeah. What we have here is we have, uh, Aaron, you have a phrase here. It's autonomic hierarchy. I didn't make it. Yeah. This is, this, what we're going to talk about in this next couple of minutes is something called the polyvagal theory. And actually, this has been a lot around for a very long time, but relatively new to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Matthew even brought this to all our attention. And then as a staff, like it became a very meaningful, recognizable mm theory that we yeah. go to and we say oh man this i'm in this state is I need why to... i feel the way i do and this is why i react in this way yeah as i feel this emotion yeah so the polyvagal theory is all about how our nervous system is linked to our emotions and so yeah it starts out with autonomic hierarchy <laughs> And then the next is uh, neuroception <laughs> and co-regulation. And this is not a clinical discussion, but this is uh, just so you can have this piece of evidence that this is uh, something that psychologists have been uh, researching and boiling down for a very long time. Yeah. And it has language behind it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's start with the hierarchy here. How can we understand the polyvagal theory? Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, so I, let me give a little more context to when I brought this to you guys. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel, I remember sitting with you in Mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, the, um, echo or echo, the Keystone friends, Mm -hmm. uh, room over here. Um, and we were chatting about what this is. And so essentially what this is, is this is the 10th cranial nerve that 
starts at the bottom of your brainstem uh, and goes all the way down to just above your coccyx in your spinal cord. It essentially traverses the entire upper torso. Um, and there's, uh, it's, it's a hierarchy because there are three specific locations uh, that are located. So if you were to be sitting at a computer and you were to pull up upper torso anatomy, uh, that would help you significantly in understanding what I'm about to say because what I'm about to say is very... Which will have a PDF with everything yeah, that we're talking yeah. about. So the ventral is at the top. That's the top of the hierarchy. That governs all of your relational, um, uh, uh, your anatomical relational entities, right? So your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your nose, anything that you connect relationally with somebody is governed by the ventral. Then you have the next below that that governs. So think about it this way. That goes from basically where your ear is to the base of your neck. That's the ventral space. Mm -hmm. And then from the base of your neck to the basically the lower portion of your sternum uh, is the sympathetic portion of the nervous system that governs your heart and your lungs. And just to give you the hierarchy and fullness, you've got the ventral at the top, the sympathetic in the middle, and then the last portion is basically the top of your uh, or the bottom of your sternum to basically the top of your pelvic girdle. Um, and that is the dorsal element of the hierarchy. So let me start from the top again. You got the top, which is ventral, you got the next layer is sympathetic, and then you got the next layer, which is dorsal. And dorsal governs anything digestive and down. Right. So it even governs your reproductive system. It governs your digestive system. It governs uh, uh, basically anything and everything below your rib cage. Um, and so this is all really important because as you experience emotions, uh, you traverse all of this mm-hmm. anatomical hierarchy. Um, so there's a, some good analogies. Do you want do you want me to go with the bike analogy? Yes. Okay. Um, So I I talked about this bike analogy with uh, both Aaron and Daniel. Essentially, picture picture yourself to kind of bring this all home. Picture yourself riding on a bike. You've got a friend with you. uh, And you're going for a mountain bike uh, in the beautiful mountains of Colorado. Uh, You're looking around and your senses are alive with the color of the flowers, the snow-capped mountains in your eyesight. You hear the, the, the... you know, the, the cry of the hawk flying over, the freshness of the air is in your nostrils, the, the crisp, cool air as you breathe in, all of these things. I think we should have some soft music playing behind <laughs> this right now. Some birds um, chirping. Ooh, yeah. You have all of this, and you're just, you're just overwhelmed with the senses, and you have your companion there with you. You have your friend. You're connecting. All of these elements are in the ventral. And so then from there, uh, you're, you know, you're mountain biking, right? So you're coming down, you, you start to go down a hill, you start to pick up a lot of speed, and then all of a sudden you see a sharp turn that's coming up ahead, mm-hmm. and now, now what do you think to do? What do you do when you see a turn coming up? Uh, I'm going to hit the brakes. Yeah, I'm going to hit the brakes. Well, I was going to say swerve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, swerve. <laughs> it was like, I'm going down! <laughs> Um, My go-to is just to flail. Speed. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> so uh, you think to hit the brakes, yeah. right? You hit the brakes. And so then you hit those brakes and you may and, – and so, but what also happens to your body is you're catching speed. You're instantly – you start to hone in. You start to focus. There's adrenaline. Right? There's adrenaline that hits. Yeah. You're not looking at your friend and being like, hey, I'm just going to hit this corner, but – 
man, how you doing? You know, <laughs> like that's not going to happen. Right. You're focused like, Hey, let me get this around this corner and then we'll keep the conversation going. Right. Yeah. So you pop the brakes, right? Uh-huh. You, you hit the brakes, you slow down, you come around the corner and then you continue on your bike ride. Right. Nothing really crazy happens. Well, what you just did was you traversed what they call the ventral brake, which we'll get to in a second. And you went into the sympathetic, you hit the sympathetic do, 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 get your things done, do all you can do, and then you come out of the sympathetic and you head back into the ventral and now your relational mm-hmm. elements are all connected again, mm-hmm. right? But now let's let's jump back into this illustration. Back up, you haven't made the turn. You're going down the hill, you're catching speed, and you go to push the brakes and you just click in. Mm-hmm. Nothing's mm-hmm. happening. Your brakes are gone. What instantly happens to your heart rate? What instantly happens increases, increases, right? Fast. You're, you're, yeah, you are like, oh my gosh, what's gonna For happen? Aaron, she's just, she's been here the whole time. <laughs> yeah, this is her. Like, this is just where Aaron's. She's at. still in ventral. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like, oh, this is what I was born for. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right. Tokyo Drift was my favorite movie growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So she instantly, right? So like this person, they're again, their brakes aren't working. You're not turning to your neighbor to be like, hey, my brakes don't work, and we're going down a hill. But tell me about your kids. You know, like. <laughs> that's not happening yeah. right so now you hit the corner you go off and you're in the air again you're still in what they call the sympathetic your heart rate's going up adrenaline is rushing through you uh, because you're trying to figure out how to survive and then you hit the ground and what happens right you crash yeah. mm-hmm. now are you filled with hope at this moment <laughs> No, <laughs> no, right? Like you got a busted ankle, you're busted up, your bike's destroyed, you might have a broken leg. If you're not dead mm-hmm. or dying, you're laying on the ground and you are messed up. Mm-hmm. Again, you're not calling your sister to be like, hey, I'd love to get coffee with you this afternoon. Yeah. Right? Like, because you're now in dorsal. You have traversed the sympathetic, you are now, and, and you're at the bottom of the barrel, hopeless as all get out. And you feel like there's no place. You will not survive this. You are Mm -hmm. stuck, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the characteristics of dorsal is this idea of being stuck. They're very, Mm -hmm. and we can talk about that in the next couple minutes. Yeah. Um, The distinct characteristics that come, I guess, so to speak, with this bike ride. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, to land the plane or to make the corner uh, here on the bike ride, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) you have your three spaces here. And these are really important when we talk about our emotions. Um, Uh, because what we're talking about is we're talking about how each of these spaces is integral in how you perceive emotion. So Daniel, right? You go into a class Mm -hmm. and the teacher tells you, you've got a pop quiz. Mm -hmm. What instantly happens? You just get stressed. You get stressed, right? Mm -hmm. But in that stress, right? You brought up a mental thing. Yeah. What happens to your heart rate in that stress? It increases. It increases. Yeah, hands and you, might get sweaty. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, uh, what's that Eminem line? Uh, palms weak. Oh, uh, palms sweaty. Something about mom's spaghetti. Yeah, hey, mom's spaghetti. Stop. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't remember it. But anyway, yeah, like the, the, that's what happens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get it, and it's one questioner. Yeah. Right. Oh, I got this. I might be able to right. handle this, right? Or like, if you actually did the reading. If you actually did the reading, yeah. <laughs> See, dorsal is when you did not do the reading beforehand, <laughs> yes. and you have no breaks. I this relate. is, and it's true or false. You got a 50-50 shot here. This, this is like, yes. this is. Yes. The students listening to this podcast will be like, yup. Yup, exactly. That's it, right there. Goodness, I remember. Exactly. Yeah, I, I feel that so 
Yeah. That's so it's so true. It's so Let's true, see. right? That and so then so or how about this? You get a test you get a test score back. Mm-hmm. Hey hey everybody, welcome to class. We're gonna be talking about our we're we're reviewing mm-hmm. uh our, our last exam. Here are your grades back. And mm-hmm. you guys remember when the teacher was walking through the room handing out tests. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that moment when you saw your neighbor get theirs and oh, you saw yeah. their grade, but you haven't gotten yours yet. Mm-hmm. They Ooh. lay theirs yeah. up. Yeah. And they put yours flipped over. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst. Brutal. Any teacher that does that is like, is like, you're not doing it right. You flip everyone's over, okay? Um, yeah, Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. But anyway, so you guys, yeah. you guys understand that yeah. that's exactly the problem. And so. I would say also just to yeah. add to that. Yeah. A better. Um, this is for anybody listening in my generation, especially with text messages. I'm going to put this when you're talking to somebody, let's just look at this up. When you're talking to somebody you like, or you're interested in conversations going, you're in ventral at that moment. Yeah. But then when you're like, okay, I'm going to make a move and I'm actually going to say something like ask them out on a date or say, Hey, do you want to hang out? Yikes! And you see those three bubbles (gasps) pop up on the typing that it says they've read it. Yes. You are in sympathetic yes. in that moment. <laughs> that's the ventral break. When you see those bubbles, that's the ventral break. Yes. If they say something great yeah. and you feel this, oh, yes. that is you going back to uh, ventral. ventral. Yeah. But if they say no and then you're like, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. No one's ever going to love me. That is dorsal. That is the crash. Yes. That is the – you're putting on sad music yes. and you're just – you go and watch a Netflix yes. movie about somebody – Living out what you couldn't, and oh that is. Oh no! <laughs> yes. To oh. but that is that is that, that exact emo- and I that, know we've all been there. Yeah, we've so. all been there. That is a great way to. Or say Or you it. get you see the three bubbles go away, and yes. they don't respond at all. Yes. You get left oh on red. Oh. Dorsal. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. So this brings us into our second category, and um, and maybe let's maybe we should just pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's re- recap because this is a great. We're at we're up to forty minutes right now in this mm-hmm. podcast, so um, this is a great time for us to just kind of review. Uh, we've talked about our journeys thus mm-hmm. far. We've talked about the anatomical, or, or sorry, autonomic, the autonomic hierarchy of ventral, sympathetic, and dorsal. Mm-hmm. Um, and right there in that mm-hmm. space, this is. This is where we would step into what we would call neuroreception. And that's this idea of being aware of what's happening in your mind, being aware of what's happening here in your body. And this is where it comes into play what we mentioned before, these characteristics, the distinct characteristics that happen as we're in each of these states. Yeah. 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 And so that's a great introduction here. And what I'd like to do is uh, kind of, put a pause in this episode and kind of just help you guys to understand. Uh, and we'll, we'll, maybe we need to have a, a part two to this so we can talk about the implications of all of this, but there's a lot more to this polyvagal situation. But what, what we've tried to do in this particular episode is we've tried to give you an awareness of where you might be. If you're re- connecting relationally, if you're feeling super stressed and in task mode, or maybe you're feeling hopeless, you're in the dorsal. Mm-hmm. And so there are ways to traverse that space, uh, and we can talk about that uh, when we come back. How about that? Yeah. You guys good with that? Yeah. 
cool. 100%. All right, guys. Well, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, like we said, our hope is to shed the light or flip the switch on uh, topics of emotional wellness. And uh, we hope you'll join us for part two as we talk about what co-regulation and the emotions of our culture are and what we're dealing with there. We'll see you back in Ventral. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> see you, everybody.